0: Good morning, unsafe space, people. Uh, you're watching Coffee Break live on unsafe space. I'm Carter, and I am joined by Carrie Smith from an undisclosed location. Hello.
1: Yes. Uh, I just got and back from. And a little bit
0: blocky, a little bit grainy. So Sorry, maybe... I've got
1: this thing here. Is that better?
0: I think maybe you're just <laughs> so remote that internet is <laughs> a problem I don't know.
1: Anyway. Uh, I just got back from Rio de New Mexico, which was beautiful. Oh, yeah, cool. And, uh, it's good to see you. It's good to see everyone. I've been yep. catching up on news.
0: Uh, before and we get I'm into that. I'm glad one of us has been catching up yeah. on news. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just as a reminder, uh, please go to unsafespace.com to support the show and also uh, throw your email address in the pop-up there. We don't spam you. We don't even have a newsletter We just let you know when we get banned from places so you can find us. Uh, So there's no no real downside there. Also, um, don't forget to hit the subscribe button uh, because YouTube doesn't like for people to be subscribed. Yeah, just, hey, just
1: uh, about being banned, just a quick update on our fallen friends. So... Mm -hmm. Alex of all trades, who you can find here on YouTube, Alex of all trades. She's often in our unsafe space book club. She just got permabanned from Twitter. She used to tweet mm-hmm. under plays, poems, prose. I'm sure some, some of you guys interact with her. Alex permabanned, uh, Cameron Pasha permabanned, as we know as Hill versus Babyface permaband, permabanned unsafe space account permabanned. Um, what did I see recently? There was another one. Oh, what was it? Anyway, Mike Harlow permabanned from Instagram. For saying he's, he's that he's on
0: Twitter though, right now, right? Even he's, he's
1: currently back on Twitter, but he was of, He's currently permanent banned from Instagram and on a 30 day ban on Facebook. Why? Because they selectively apply rules. Do you know what he did on Instagram? It was a picture of himself, a selfie, and he said that he looked like a tired hooker. And they said that was hate speech.
0: Ah. Yes, all the tired hookers were offended. Yeah. Michael Rechtenwald was banned from somewhere recently. Was it Twitter? Uh, I think it was no, Twitter for briefly.
1: He, no, he's still on Twitter. He's not banned. His uh, some of his account, he's been censored though. He can't interact with certain accounts right now. They have some new oh. feature. I think they're rolling out where they censor things that you can do while you're there. They give you less access. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're not behaving. Right. You're not behaving subject. So,
1: uh anyway, just what you know we, we should do is just have a tally. We should get a whiteboard and just have a tally of all the fallen friends and just from the be- very beginning, that thing would be covered by now. Remember back when we used memorial to memorial wall? A memorial wall. We used to cover <laughs> the purge. Remember we used to do all those purge episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we kind of kind of stopped doing those, but we could just have a yeah, at the end the memorial like they do at the uh those uh, award shows.
0: <laughs> one of our very first interviewees was uh um megan uh, megan
1: murphy, murphy PermaBand, is,
0: PermaBand from twitter for saying men, men are, are not women, women. <laughs>
1: That's
0: men are not women
1: perma yep yep
0: yeah. yeah
1: so we have book club coming up if you guys are new mm. to our channel this is a live show carter and i do mondays and fridays And we just interact with chat and talk about what's in the news. But um, if you want to be a part of our book discussions, those are free to join and participate in. And you can be live on camera with the whole book club, or you can be in the chat. Just go to unsafespace.com, the book club page. This month, we're reading Michael Malice's collection of essays called The Anarchist Handbook. And that's going to be on August 15th. And then what else do we have coming up? The retreat. Oh, you tell them about the treat. I have to grab something.
0: Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the retreat is August something or other. Hold on, let me look at the date so that I get it right. Uh, it's the weekend of August twenty-first, so it's the twentieth through the twenty-second. It's just outside of Austin. It's going to be pretty fun. Um, it's it's there's day passes available. There might be a couple rooms available, but we're I, we're we're low on rooms. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna hang out on safe space, peeps. We're gonna do. I think we're going to do a show. There's going to be uh, some activities. There's definitely music. Um, and we're just going to hang out in real life. So if you want to do that, you probably should do it soon. I've The only reason you're getting away with not signing up, if you're planning to but haven't yet, the only reason you're getting away with it is because I also am procrastinating on <laughs> getting some stuff done. But as soon as that gets wrapped up and we have to start paying the rest of the stuff and whatever like it'll be uh, we'll, we'll run out of we'll run out of ability to take more people. So.
1: That doesn't um, sound fun. It's going to be fun. I'm <laughs> just kidding, Carter.
0: <laughs> I will be there so the fun level will be mitigated by my personality. <laughs> I'm trying to give them an authentic experience. <laughs> G-Man says, pretty fun. It's going to be effing amazing, Carter.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Guys. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. It's Monday. I'm messing with you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of fun, (laughs) this, I'm kidding. This Sunday, this is what I went to get, Carter. And I'm announcing, I hope it's okay with you. I'm just going to announce this to you as well as to everyone else. Film club. I got a date from oh, Jared. Yeah, well, we already yeah. knew we were
0: going to, okay. so it's not okay, like good. That much of a surprise. Yeah.
1: So we are going to start doing, I don't know if you guys remember, I got to uh, interview my friend, Jared Bauer, who's the founder of Wisecrack and the very popular series Thug Notes on YouTube. If you haven't seen that interview, it was an episode of Deep Pearl and I would definitely recommend it.
0: Jared- He was also just... on Coffee Break once, if you missed it. Oh, that, yeah, he's, he's on been on Coffee
1: Break. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just so, he's so smart. He's so slow to speak. Like Samuel says, like the Bible verse, slow to speak, Um, slow to anger, but you know, slow to speak. And he's very thoughtful and funny, very funny. And uh, he suggested that we do a, he's going to be a part of the first one with us for sure. We're going to do a problematic film club for unsafe space. And so the very first one will be Sunday, August 1st. And it's going to be me and Jared and Cameron Pasha and maybe a couple of other people discussing The Peter Sellers movie, The Party. We'll announce this online, too. But I have never seen this movie. And Jared loves it. Cameron loves it. Uh, They've both said it's the kind of movie that would never be released today, unfortunately. Because people would say it's, you know, it's too problematic. So we're going to start with that film. And I'm excited because it's one I haven't seen. So if you guys want to watch it, you have until August 1st. That's when we do our live discussion of Peter Sellers in The Party. That's it. That's my announcement.
0: All righty. Uh, yeah, cool. All right. I don't think we have any other announcements, right? I'm looking through my, our list. I think I think we're good. I think we can start with stuff. Yeah. I tried to not pay attention to the news too much, although I do know I've been hearing from NPR how we're withdrawing from Afghanistan and it's a big deal and we're withdrawing and no more America in Afghanistan. And then today I pick up the paper like an old fogey. <laughs> And it said psych the, the headline. The headline says American airstrikes intensify against <laughs> Taliban and Afghanistan. So we're withdrawing, but um don't worry everyone. We're still bombing people. And obviously, uh to all the warmongers out there, that's very important. Bombing so will my, continue.
1: My guess wasn't that far off. Psych. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's a couple things in the news, Carter, that I want to talk about since this is, I don't know why, I just happened to keep up with some stuff while we've been on the road. So first is, did you see Rand Paul grilling Anthony Fauci?
0: I did. I saw that last week. Yeah. Um, okay.
1: I'm late to see that. It was apparently. Fun. <laughs> I would <laughs> it was like to grilling. show, <laughs> I would like to show this one clip and I know it's a bit long for the clips that we show, but I think it's very important for anybody watching, especially new people. Just listen to what he's talking about and then listen to the way in which Fauci replies. And yeah. I'd like to get your thoughts on it
0: afterwards. But
1: this is important. Yeah. We don't have to. I
0: like how Fauci replies on this one. This is a good. This is a good he re- His mask slips a little bit, I think. But and, we'll, we'll and you
1: can do that. full screen. I don't think you need to see us for during this. But.
0: Oh, I don't have a choice. So that's good. Oh. Uh, all right. Let's see here let's put the video up let's do that all right let's check if audio is working all right here we go um can people in chat let me know if the audio is like too loud or something weird because i don't want to hurt people's ears and i can't really tell too much
3: dr Fauci, as you are aware it is a crime to lie to congress section 1001 of the u.s criminal code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to congress On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan Virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH.
0: In this paper, just pause really quickly to remind people: Dr. Xi is Bat Lady. If you've heard people referred to as Bat Lady, that's Dr. Xi who is doing this stuff. And she's he's now quoting a paper um, that she wrote.
3: She took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combine them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals, but not humans, to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of -of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan?
4: Your microphone. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not
0: being gain of function. So what was what let you me take, finish. You
3: take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility it, to humans.
0: By the way, can we just pause on that? This yes. is he's. The paper was like other people said up and down the chain. I don't know what that means, but I assume it means within the bureaucracy that I operate, he
1: means, he means the doctors who work for him.
0: That's what I mean. Up yes. and, <laughs> within the bureaucracy that I operate, they have yeah. all agreed. It's not gain of function research. But, yeah.
4: You're saying that's not gain of
0: function. Yeah, that
4: is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Okay, you get one person.
3: Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for 4 million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic.
2: And,
0: and let's send let's, Dr. Fauci. I have
3: to,
4: on. well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the, the, the grant that was funded as a subaward from EcoHealth to wuhan created sars cov2 that's where you are getting let me finish we don't know well wait a minute i from the lab but all the
3: evidence is pointing that it came from the lab you there will be responsibility
4: for those who funded the lab including yourself i totally
0: this committee will allow the witness
4: to i totally resent the lie that you are now propagating senator because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those virus caused it. It no is, is molecularly those
3: virus caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is not get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. Senator I'm not Paul,
4: obfuscating the truth. You are the one Time is re- expired, but I will allow <laughs> the witness to. Let finish. me just finish. I want everyone <laughs> to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result are. No in SARS-CoV-2, caused the pandemic. Paul, we're well, saying
3: they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah, they were animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And,
4: and you, you admit the truth. And you implying,
3: Senator Paul,
0: your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, Doctor,
4: and you are implying, you, that yeah, that what no we pause. did pause, was yeah. responsible for the death.
1: I so mean, he not goes. Much else. They just yell yeah, at each
0: other more. Yeah, this.
1: we can get out of it here. I just wanted to. I wanted to point something out. So there's also there's a a tweet that I sent you with an image that that I it yeah, made I really me think of that
2: one.
1: Yeah, it made me think of this because when I heard that this was Fauci's response, that's not gain of func- function. Can you make that larger, Beverly? That's not gain of function research it reminded me of something else we keep hearing in the media right now. That's not critical race theory. (laughs) It's like they've, they're both doing, it's the same thing. This is the same thing. It's just like Debo in the movie Friday. Who's like, what bike while he's riding your bicycle. It's, it's just the, it's just the denial of reality defense. It's not even a defense. It's just an outright lie. That is not gain of function. That is not critical race theory. Therefore, we don't need to have a discussion. It's a
0: trick. Anyway, well, I mean, it's not even it's it's not even a <laughs> clever trick. It's just no. It's just a lie. Um, but yeah, it works. Can we just could we pause for yeah. a second? I I just want to let's because that was a little maybe sometimes a little bit confusing to people. Let's just be clear what was going on. Rand Paul's point is, there was an alleged pause. IE ban on gain of function research funding under Obama. Um, under Obama. And I'm going to read from the NIH's thing. During this process, the USG, this is the US government uh, office, paused the release of federal funding for gain of function studies anticipated to enhance the pathogenicity or transmissibility among mammals by respiratory droplets. Of influenza, MERS, or SARS viruses, right? So COVID fits in this category, right? So there was a pause on the research, funding research to do in- gain of function, definitionally, yes. is, is gaining, it's pretty self explanatory, increased transmissibility, increased pathogenicity, like doing things it doesn't normally do, is gaining a function, it's pretty clear that was paused now rand rand paul is saying clearly according to the person doing the research in wuhan who credits funding from the government she was doing gain-of-function research she's saying this is (laughs) what what i'm doing." doing it went from It wasn't able to be transmitted in this way to humans. Now it is able. That's a gain of a function. Now it can be transmitted to humans. What Fauci is doing is Fauci is reacting to the one area that hasn't been proven yet, which is we haven't proven that it came from a lab. We don't know that it's come from a lab. So what Fauci is doing is saying, well, you're saying that the lab that i'm responsible indirectly i'm responsible for covid because it came from a lab but it couldn't possibly have come from a lab and anyway it's not gain of function now obviously it is gain of function so he's lying and rand paul wasn't saying that this particular thing he's not he's not talking about proof that it came from a lab he's just checking he's trying to very narrowly ascertain did you fund gain of function research? Regardless of what happened to that gain of function research, maybe it stayed in the lab and never saw the light of day, but it was indeed funded by Fauci in China at the lab. There yes. was that research being funded. That is clearly true and Fauci is just a liar yeah, when he says that's not liar. He's just a bold-faced liar.
1: And he, and he completely it's like a shell game he's like over here well we don't know for sure that it came from that i didn't ask you that i said right. obama stopped gain-of-function research under his administration you found a loophole where you gave a, a sub-grant through this the nih gave right. a grant to EcoHealth, who gave a grant to the wuhan lab you found this loophole and you're funding gain-of-function is it not true that you lied about that and he's like we don't know. Okay, for the lot. That's not the question,
2: right?
0: And <laughs> but, but the other but thing beyond the- that, yeah, he also
1: ahead. says. But beyond that, the thing that really bothers me is the Debo effect. It's the outright lie that, like, well, that's right. not gain of function, and and that's not critical race theory. That's not your bicycle that I'm sitting on. That that actually, it's it's so, like you said, it's so lazy. It's so absurd, but it works. Isn't that amazing? It works. I saw people well. on online on social media
0: (laughs) it it works with npcs
1: yes but i saw them i they're already running around saying it's almost like okay think about it this way if there's a line of attack against evil and i'm using evil to mean whether it's government officials lying or an ideology that's evil that operates that has evil conclusions like racist or sexist conclusions Whenever there's a line of attack that starts to work where you, you start to break through some of the spell, um, like people were very successful in pointing out, hey, th- we've been funding gain-of-function research. We weren't supposed to be doing this, right? So gain-of-function started to be a buzzword. Same thing with critical race theory. People were very good at isolating critical race theory part of social justice. So whenever that starts to be effective, then they go in and they try and inoculate the NPCs against it they try and inoculate the sheep against that. So so when I say gain of function now to someone, or I say critical race theory, if they're MPC, if they're plugged into that echo chamber, they've already heard from Fauci. They don't they've never read the studies, they've never read about Dr. Xi's research. I can guarantee you, they've never read about what we were funding, but they know to just say, they know to say, that's not gain of function research, you moron. You know, like that's what they say. And they've already doing it online, Carter. I saw them this weekend.
0: Of course, of course they are. Right. But, <laughs> of right, course but they are but yes, it's amazing. That's what well, NPCs do. They get okay, programmed but, and then they go. Blah, 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 blah. That's what they do. I know, but it's amazing.
1: <laughs> I still have conversations with normies. I know you don't have those conversations as often. I just had some conversations oh, no. with friends this weekend who are not awake to everything that's happening. And when you're pointing this stuff out, it is amazing when they when people see this for the first time. It is amazing.
0: So I the the thing that really stands out to me in this video is how unscientific Fauci is. Because if I were not that I would ever work for the government as a scientist, uh, I'd probably shoot myself first. But whatever. Uh, let's pretend that in an alternate universe I had a job as a scientist funded by the government somehow, and I'm, I'm sitting there in front of Rand Paul, and I disagree with Rand Paul. Let's say I, I'm Fauci and I disagree. It's not gain-of-function research. Well, as a scientist, even it's just as a rational person, my argument would be, well, This is why it's not gain of function. The definition of gain of function is X, Y, and Z. And this is what we're particularly concerned about when we don't want to fund gain of function. And what she's doing over here actually doesn't fall into that category of gain of function. And this is why it doesn't fall into that category. And so therefore it's not gain of function. He doesn't do any of that. That's an explanation that a rational person would use. What Mm -hmm. he says is people that work for me agree, and also it didn't come from a lab. He is, what's coming out of his mouth is the antithesis of a scientific defense. It's the opposite of a scientific defense. It has nothing to do with science. A scientific defense doesn't say, people up and down the chain have said this isn't canon function. A scientific defense, I mean, by the way, and maybe he doesn't know because he's not an expert, but by now, he should have read up and be and really understood gain-of-function research because he knows he's been been questioned by Rand Paul already. He knows he's going to be dragged back and questioned again. He should have his shit together with respect to the definition of -of gain-of-function research, and he should be able to articulate very clearly, and he should know that paper very well, and he should be able to articulate very clearly why that is not gain-of-function research. But he can't
1: because it is because it is gain of function. I mean, you can't, there's no way to, that's why I say this is an evasive move. They can't defend critical race theory because critical race theory is racist. It says we should judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. That is the conclusion of CRT. Mm -hmm. And they can't defend that. And they can't defend this when people are looking at it. They, he can't defend this because it is gain of function research. And he, so he can't admit, well, you're right, I lied. We are doing, yeah, it's pretty obvious. So what's he do instead? That's not gain of function. That's not critical right. race theory. It's,
0: and, yeah. the,
1: we should start right. calling it the Debo defense.
0: <laughs> and he doesn't, and he doesn't, uh, you know, and, and here's the thing he's afraid of. He also went down this path of, it was impossible that it leaked from a lab. Right. Um, it couldn't possibly have been leaked from the lab. Now that's also not true. Um, uh, I, there is, that's and I'm not, not an expert, but there is disagreement among people about what could have leaked, and the arguments that I saw about it not being leaked from a lab were around, well, this, this is how it would kind of evolve. It looks like it kind of evolved, but it skips over the fact that how labs actually uh, manipulate viruses often is through um, quick, repeated evolutionary cycles of the virus in the lab. So like, it, there's I, my understanding is there's disagreement about that. So it's not set in stone that it couldn't possibly have come from the lab but he's acting like that's also true cuz i think what he's really afraid of i think it's obvious what he's afraid of uh he knows that they're going to tie this to I think he's worried they're going to tie this to the lab and once they tie this right. to the lab he's screwed right right um and I, I one more thing on this i just want to mention can we just take step back let's let's take the 60,000 foot level for a minute which I guess is higher than most planes. I don't know. Maybe the SR seventy one. Uh why are our tax dollars funding any research on anything in China? Can can someone answer me? Why I go to work and pay tax dollars, and some of them go to a lab in China to do research? I. I what the hell is happening? Why? Why are is the um, is Americans hard earned money? It's not like we've got no problems of our own it's not like taxes are artificially low and everyone's swimming in money and our economy's fine and everyone's like yeah this is you know we got extra money let's throw some at china why are we funding research for anything in a foreign country especially china yeah the world's largest communist authoritarian empire that is quickly evolving to be the other world superpower that we have to worry about why are we funding research in China? Is, is, does that not bother? Am I the only one who thinks that part is just insane? You are
1: not the only one. But again, that's a question that a lot of normies haven't thought about. I just say this from experience, talking to a lot of people who are, and I don't blame normies. I love normies. People who are, are busy doing their lives, raising their kids, going to work. They don't have time to pay attention to all this stuff. And they are a lot of them are turned off by the partisan, the manufactured partisan, you know, tribalism and the polarization. And so they just unplug, but it's the people that are awake. No, they're, you know, they're asking the same question. And why are, why are all of these uh, sports teams and Hollywood companies doing business with China on the one hand, you know, who has all these human rights violations who has concentration camps who, you know, the well, way that they treat, and, and then the other side of their mouth lecturing us, lecturing the United States about oppression here, and it's like, you have yeah, nothing you to say. You can't simultaneously
0: take a knee and not and, and be like buddy-buddy with, with right. Xi Jinping. Like, that's, those two things don't go together. You can't be like, I very much care about oppressed people, and I'm buddies with an authoritarian leader in a communist right. nation. Like And I'm not going go to say anything about
1: – yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that. Nike, hello? Colin Kaepernick, hello? <laughs> like, right.
0: hypocrites. What, by the way, I, I just want to call people out and chat – not call them out, but, like, credit them with this. Like, I, it was somewhat of a rhetorical question why why we're funding this research. I also know why we're funding it, and, and I, a couple people mentioned it out. Because we can't do it in the U.S., because we can get away with it. Because we want the re- – we – someone wants some bureaucrat wants to do the research and they can't get away with it here so they get away with it in china like that's why we fund it but yeah uh you know it's not supposed to be um that's not a good reason i guess is (laughs) is my answer i don't by the way i don't dislike normies i don't like normies i don't feel one way or another about normies normies are that 75 percent of the ash conformity population that will be wooed by whatever side has uh, right. cultural power and control and so they are a liability um when bad ideas are in charge and they're an asset when good ideas are in charge um and they're right. they're they're kind of useless otherwise um yes so
1: i mean i don't disagree with that i just i just know i wasn't talking about you just in general um when i hear sometimes people online and stuff using that term they're using it as a um you know, something negative and I don't view it as something negative. I think you're right. Um
0: well let's, thank you for I, letting me before I, we I, even do I, anything, let's do some yeah. super chest because we have some about this. Okay. Um yeah, I'm looking at are. these. Um okay. I think the first one I think the first one comes from Matt Deckard. Uh hey Matt. I'm not totally sure. Hey Matt. Uh he says I trust—oh, wait, no. The first one is um, Thomas St. Thomas, but we'll, we'll come back to him. Um, I trust Fauci because on CNN, Don Lemon laughed with him at Rand Paul's suggestion. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. They're, they they have—they're validating each other. Um, and actually, the first one was from Ken Lipson, who said, We are now in the database. There will be no cake.
1: Ah, uh, I see.
0: There was never any going to be any cake, Ken. Uh, Thomas St. Thomas says, It's easier to drop bombs as opposed to shipping them home. It's fiscally responsible.
1: Wow. Oh, that's from earlier. Sorry, lady. It's fiscally responsible.
0: (laughs) Hide your children. G
1: Man, I've got this
0: one.
1: G Man says When will other countries hold the U.S. accountable for the pandemic and sanction us? Never. They loved having the chance to institute tyranny. Uh, Yeah. I've got some stuff to say about that later, G Man, about tyranny in other countries. 1.21
0: 1.21 gigawatts says, our research has concluded that Carrie is a Russian bot. Do you deny this? Just so you know, it's a crime to lie to us.
1: Uh, there's no such thing as a Russian bot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was trying the, I'm trying to use the demo defense. <laughs> the,
0: the demo defense is the Debo. you resent being called the Russian But I don't know, yeah. All right. I don't know. Raj H gives us a sticker or a thumbs up. Thank you, Raj. Pirate Tomsky says, maybe he thought he was being called to Congress to talk about gain of Fauci's pension research. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Clever. Clever.
0: Uh, Keith the Hat Guy points something out, which I like. He says, one difference between Fauci and Paul is Dr. Paul is a practicing medical doctor, and Fauci is a politician slash bureaucrat. They call the wrong one doctor. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That is true, Keith the Hack Guy. Thank you for that. Um, I'm good, good to see you back, by the way, Keith the Hack Guy. Uh, B. Allen says, Carrie, about your singing, I don't think Hank. <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> is that about last time? I'm sorry. You guys got to hear I can't sing. This is why I'm actually trying to get better at singing. I've, and I, because I enjoy doing it at church and stuff, but I'm not good. There's a really, actually, there's a really great opera singer at my church. It's like hearing a songbird every Sunday, but uh, but anyway, I found these on YouTube. You can find tutorials. So if anybody else wants to try and improve their voice, there's all these exercises you can do every morning, which are really silly, but they're fun. It's all that like me, 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 me. It's all that stuff.
0: That's one of those (laughs) things that I just decide. You know, you have to pick your battles in life. I will never (laughs) be a singer. I'm not going to bother trying. I
1: just want to get to where I can sing like this one Nina Simone song really well and then I'll be happy.
0: (laughs) Matt Deckard says mad scientists still exist. Yeah, although you know what? Um, This is a tangent. We don't have to go down, but I was reminded of it this weekend. My daughter watched a cartoon movie and the villains were scientist but it was a private company science it's always a private company scientist doing something in hollywood but in reality it's always a freaking government (laughs) science like it's the government is involved much more often with the evil madness it's like the private company scientists like yeah there's a conflation between private and public now especially in medicine so you know there's lots of evil on both sides because they're kind of in bed with each other but like the mad scientists, like they're not the private company people. It's the it's the people that you vote for and that or that they put in place. Yeah. Um, you know Fauci's not Fauci couldn't get a job if if medicine were all privatized. Fauci wouldn't have a job. No one needs his skill set. Um, <laughs> myth informed. Hey, myth informed says Carrie. Hey. can you work your connections to invite John Leguizamo to have a discussion with James Lindsay on CRT in Fort Worth? <laughs> And this is from Sean. <laughs> you, uh, you know, know what? I
1: actually I used to know his reps. Yeah, because I he did some uh-huh. things with Margaret Cho, who I worked with. Uh, they're really old. You know, I used to have a Rolodex too, like the old fashioned, the paper Rolodexes.
0: Oh, I'm sure. But his name's I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um. You know what? I'll see what I can do. Uh, do you think he would? I say mean, yes, I no imagine
0: way? that he would he... run screaming from that.
1: I don't know, though. He, he, Myth-Informed, so I wanted he to show done. you this today because Myth-Informed, they just did another – they put up another one of his videos today, Carter. And I know you don't particularly enjoy us covering uh, the academic thinky talk section I of the show. I feel bad
0: because I feel like we were making fun of a retard. <laughs> no, like, that's I, not – bet...
1: no, it's not. He's not. It, you know, like someone actually, someone actually got in touch with me this weekend and said – I'm going to present something to you for a second, Carter, and just hear me out okay. with an open mind. Sometimes, you know, when you're talking with people who you generally under uh, know that they pretty much agree with you on on most things, that you have a you can have a different, uh, more funny way of talking than you would if you're speaking to a mixed group of people, right? So, for example, calling John Leguizamo a retard is <laughs> something that I might do among closed company. Cause you know what I mean? And you're, you're joking, but we have people new to our channel who y- you want to show them a different way of being, or I do anyway, sometimes. And so I do, I know you may not want to, I just want to try. And this person helped me keep this in mind that I don't mm-hmm. want people to mistake um, joking amongst friends with me sort of like, well, how is she any different? She's just name calling too. And that's what social justice people do is they name call a lot, right? And you know that to a casual viewer or somebody just tunes in for the first time, they may not understand. We've talked about this before. I do have, I've thought about it a lot. I do have kind of rules for myself. And as you know, I don't really uh, view like talking about a famous person or someone in the public eye in the third person. That's not the same to me as having a discussion one on one with someone. So if I was taught when I talk to a social justice justice person online one on one and we're going back and forth, I would never call them stupid or a moron or something. But I might say mm-hmm. in the third person about a public figure. Yeah, I think he's a moron, John. Make
0: like
1: John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, for example. But those are kind of like nuances that are lost for people who first tune in. I'm not saying we have to censor ourselves, and I'm certainly not saying you, you have do to, you harder.
0: I know. I am all about you doing you. (laughs) I know. Here's the thing. I want high IQ people who get it. I don't care about the newbies. If they get turned off because they think I'm just throwing an hominem around and I've got no arguments to make, they can leave. I don't care. I do actually have arguments. The smart people know know I have arguments. They might not agree with me, but they get it. It's the same reason people like Michael Malice can't stand when someone in their Twitter points out that it was a joke because someone didn't get it. It's like – Yeah, he doesn't want you to get it if you don't get it. Goodbye. That's, that's his attitude. I'm not quite that bad. But like, you know, I don't, I don't really care if someone is like, how dare Carter say that about John Leguizamo? I'm not (laughs) sticking around. It's like, all right, bye. Okay.
1: I'm just, I'm just, we're different people. And so sometimes Carter and I will have these discussions about things like this and not, not, not agree. And that's okay.
0: Anyway, and by the way, I'm not saying you got to change you. I love the way you are. Right. You do you. You can be open and magnanimous, and, and no, I can...
1: it's not magnanimous. Okay,
0: Is whatever. It? Anyway, I, that uh, was a nice thing to say. Magnanimous isn't a bad oh, word,
1: uh, right? I know, but I don't know if that's okay. what I'm being anyway. I guess I'm just trying to be cognizant of the fact that there are always new people showing up as well. And sure. when I was first leaving the cult, of social justice. It was really important for me to speak to people who were still in social justice. And the longer that we've done this show, I, you know how I am. I change. I'm, it depends on the day. Some days I'm done with social justice people. I don't want to talk to them anymore. I just want to talk to the people who are already awake. But then other days I definitely, you know, I have that draw that, 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 that compulsion to, to continue to try to pull people like myself out. And I know you don't have as much of that, so,
0: yeah, and and I also, get it, a, and we don't there's have There's an to. overriding thing that I think is important for both of us that, that I think we can agree on, and this is just part of our personalities. I think I owe our audience authenticity. This is who me I am. Too. This is what I think. Right. Yeah. You're nicer. So your authenticity is nice. nicer than mine.
1: I'm not nicer. nice. Nicer.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't call me nice. This
0: is me. like I, You know? I'm not particularly. I don't withhold judgment. I'm sometimes an asshole. I have strong opinions. Sometimes I'm wrong. Um, but like, I, I it's just me being me. And I don't. I don't. What I think would destroy my engagement, I don't want like, you to would be you destroy this whole thing for you. me, would be for me to be like, well, I don't know. I shouldn't call him a retard because maybe new people will come. No, in. like, no. I'm not gonna Carter. Do
1: that. You can do whatever you want. But we, uh, the the important thing is that you're open to me talking about this with you and listening to yeah, what yeah, I have totally. to say, yeah, and then also yeah. disregarding it if you don't agree. I
0: think I'm just low on the agreeableness scale compared to you. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> I'm lower uh, probably, on the. Agreeableness that's probably
1: true. Scale? I think I'm pretty low on the agreeableness scale too, though. Oh,
0: sometimes you are very low. I don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes you're very good. You're like you don't want no. I just want to tell people that don't know Carrie. You do not want her on your bad side. Or you you don't want to be on her bad side. I can't imagine what you were like to people. When you were a social justice warrior, hating on people, I cannot imagine what it would have been like to be on the receiving end of that. It would have been horrific.
1: No, well, you're very, like, when in one of the previous shows, we were talking about openness, right? And I am, and you've often said I'm too open to too many kinds of people. And I, I know that about myself. I am very I am very, very, very open to lots of different people. And I don't know, people just tell me stuff when I meet them the first time and everything. Um, but once I've determined that you're a person of bad character, which takes, I mean, you have to really show me a, that you're a terrible person, then that's it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't want I you when you were anymore. a social
0: justice warrior, very little was necessary for to you to be convinced. Oh, yeah. Of badness, right?
1: Yeah, because <laughs> so. yeah, now,
0: then now like, you like, give benefit of the doubt and all this. Now you've got like a, there's a process to become evil in Carrie's eyes now. But back then I think the process was like very thin. Oh very yeah. Easy.
1: Cause, Cause when you're in a cult like that, it tells you that everyone, you know, it's like, it, it's a very small group of, of, you know, back then social justice wasn't mainstream. So the, the good people was like a really small part of the left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ever shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and ever shrieking because now you're not one of the good people. You you no. got bleh, <laughs> certainly not. Stuff.
1: Anyway, um, okay. Right. Thanks for that. little I think tangent. we have
0: only one more super chat, and then we can move on. Um, Michael Henley says, "Great day when I catch you live, Carter. Have you been able to keep up with Dr. David Martin has with what Dr. David Martin has uncovered? If you can say his name on YouTube, well, too late. I said his name. I don't even know who he is. I'll be honest. I am, and maybe this is a bad quality." I you know, putting it out there. I'm so tired of COVID. I just I it's I really don't care. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. Like I do care about how it's being used and like I'm tired like, you know, I do care about the authoritarianism, but like uh, the cathedral and mainstream medicine has lost a hundred percent credibility in my eyes at this point. So I I just I don't have the energy or interest to go like figure out exactly where else they've lost credibility and what's going on. It's like it's just I'm just so exhausted. I just want to move on and like talk about do research anything else other than COVID. Maybe that's a weakness, but that's where I am right now.
1: It, it well, there is one other thing I wanted to to talk about that's loosely, well, is related to COVID. This is uh I'm not saying
0: we can't talk about it, Carrie. I wasn't I know. A diss on talking about it. I just no, I'm
1: just know. saying for today. I, f- I feel pretty similarly, but I sent I sent you in Beverly a tweet. This is to the Crime Stoppers uh account in in Australia. It's if you could put this up, Beverly. This is something so someone sent this to me and they said, I want I want to post about this and talk about it, but I can't. I'm afraid. And I was like, This is Awful. I'll I'll talk about it. You're in Australia. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That's how. That's how. This is the effect of of authoritarianism and, and totalitarianism and this kind of actual like oppression of people and and robbery of people's freedom. Is they afraid? No, oh, not I that saw one. This. <laughs> no, not that one. That's not it. Oh, that's a
0: great one though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that. This one. Yeah. Oh, this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, blow this up. So the Australian police, so there were a lot of rallies for freedom this Saturday. My friend Juana was a part of them, uh, the ones in New York, and they were happening all over the world. And these are not, it's funny, they call, they call them protests. I guess you could call them protests of lockdowns and stuff, but they were really freedom rallies. And mm-hmm. in Australia, they've now, they've uh, they've they've reinstituted their really draconian lockdown in parts of the country because of one new death. I think it might be up to three now in the whole country. So they've reinstituted these lockdowns and there were a lot of people out in the streets in Australia, rally, protesting for freedom, rallying for freedom. And some of the articles about it, you can hear interviews with people. And I think a lot of these people are what we would call normies who have just had their eyes open and are sick of it. I mean, they've been living under with this for over a year now. And there were people being interviewed saying these lockdowns are killing us. Listen to us. They're killing us. And and the police what did they do? They bloodied them up. They arrested a bunch of people and then they went on Twitter. They went on social media and they tweeted stuff like this. This is this says for anybody who's just listening at home, it says, "Due to the protest yesterday, we are experiencing higher than normal call volumes. Please report your information about the protests and the identity of the protesters online at news.crimestoppers.com.au." you can include uploads of imagery with your report. And so there's all kinds of people online who are doing, uh, I would say the equivalent of doxing, but not posting people's uh, uh, home address and stuff like that, but posting their identity and screenshots of them being at the freedom rallies and tagging the police. Is this you? Is this you? Were you there? Um, It's really, it's really, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's more of the same. It's frightening. This is free people. Free people don't need to ask their owners or their captors free to people don't be able have to. Owners. Yeah, they don't have. Oh, that's the point. <laughs> clear. Free... free people don't need to ask owners or captors to go outside if they have a captor, to a they're rally. Not free. That's
0: kind of definitional.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why I said it that way. That's why they don't need to ask owners. They don't have owners. They can go outside to a rally without fear of arrest and the police asking everyone to act like that. Russian words to to turn in your friends and family, Mm -hmm. like snitches turn in people that were at these rallies. This is really just concerning to me, by the way, somebody had a great comment to this and I'll just put it out there. I'm not, I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything at all, but they did say, I'd hate to be the person that has to go through all those DPs. Remember what DP, uh, d word pick
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry i have haven't been hanging around uh democratic congressmen l- enough to remember the acronyms for all that stuff um carter <laughs> honestly that's those are the only like if you said who's ever sent them those are the only people that i know who've ever is like I know that there's a bunch of whole people, lots of people who send DPs, and I get that's a thing. And if I, I get that lots of women seem to receive them from people that I've that didn't really realize existed, but all the stuff that I know about comes from like Anthony Weiner and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh. yeah. Um.
1: I know a woman, I think I told you this before. Her tactic was to respond to any unsolicited DPs by sending DPs back to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. Anyway,
0: <laughs> I wonder. Okay, well, I, you know what? I Just to, evolutionarily, I don't mean like real evolution. I mean like evolution of ideas. I wonder if uh I wonder if it happens because some small percentage work. It's like I wonder if there's a hit rate that's non-zero. I would just imagine the hit rate would be zero. But if if there's a non-zero hit rate, maybe that's why some guys are just out there like like. Spray and pray, man. Someone's going to be like, hmm, sure. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs)
1: You should do an anthropological study.
0: I should not. G-Man says, yes, it works. I don't want to know how you know that, (laughs) G-Man.
1: Anyway, I wanted to point out that uh, because (laughs) G-Man gave us the super chat earlier and was talking about the tyranny in these countries. And I haven't been to Australia in a a few years now. It's been more than a few and I just I, I can't imagine I just can't imagine a country operate. I mean, I think things have gotten pretty bad here in the states in a lot of ways with uh, this authoritarianism. But God, at least my police department's not on Twitter saying like, "Send me pictures of anybody who went outside this Saturday." You know, like that's a level I just can't comprehend. And people yeah, are okay no, I- with it.
0: You're really starting to see the dividing line between. America and other countries that felt equivalent. Right? Like last time I was in Melbourne, I I was there with a friend who had who you know actually who's the reason that we met. Um Oh, wow. Canada, right? Like she was there because it was like just another fun place to be and it was basically the same as wherever else. Like there wasn't there wasn't a lot of difference. Um and I think that was that's true for much of Europe as well. It just felt like yeah, there's different culture and stuff, but, you know, it was mostly the same. And now we're seeing, in New Zealand as well, as well, and now we're seeing that, okay, maybe there's not much of a difference between New York and some of those places, but there's a huge difference between parts of the U.S. like Texas and yeah. the rest of the Western world. It's night and day. Yeah. Um, and so it, this has really been, the the COVID thing has been a catalyst to really accentuate differences between... These, these cultures where people would say, oh, it's you know, because I, I had a friend who moved to New Zealand also who was like, and I was like, I don't know, they don't have the same things enshrined in their constitution and I'm worried about X, Y, and Z. And this was like 10 years ago. And he was ah, Peshaw, it's the same. It's so, you know, life is basically the same. And I think he was right. Life was basically the same, but there was nothing preventing it from not being changing. the same anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Somebody was pointing out about just culturally how maybe things, I mean, Australians were ordered to turn over their guns. Right. You know, and they did.
0: My biggest concern in the U S is that, um, gun owners, and there are a lot, right. There's, and there's more guns than people in the U S. Um, my biggest concern is that when they ask them to turn them over, they'll say yes. And I, I don't, I don't think I can get in trouble for saying this, but even as a dad with a family to worry about, I think there's a line and that might be it. Like there's a hill to die on. And like, uh, but I don't know how many people will, I'm not even sure I would cause I have, you know, a family to worry about, but at some point there's a line and I'm not sure that people would, uh, there's a lot of braggadocio in the gun owning culture. Um, but I don't know how much of it is real substantiated by actual like guts to do it um yeah. because I don't know it seems like when people said put masks on people did when people like I don't know yeah but you can't if they don't do operate
1: that, your business you cannot
0: you cannot comply with that you cannot comply with that you can't it's it's over it's over if you comply with that and there'll be a cost and that cost will be great but it's over if you if you comply
1: there have been some great uh art sort of memes coming out of the freedom rallies and some of the ones i saw were uh signs and stuff that said your obedience is prolonging this nightmare and one was a ma- a, wa- a woman putting a mask on. It said, your compliance is prolonging this nightmare, which is absolutely true. You know, yeah. in that, uh, in that crime stoppers thing on Twitter. So this is why Michael Rechtenwald was censored on Twitter because I was uh, responding to a woman in that thread who is a total NPC, just happy. She's like, great. You know, I hope everyone reports everyone who is at these protests and they're uh, you know, there's this whole thing about anti-maskers and whatever. And, and you know, we need to have the lockdowns and blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, you're not free. I, Cause I said, free people don't need to ask their owners or their captors. If they can go outside yeah. for a rally. And she's, we're not free. We have a pandemic. Are you moron, you know, wake up. There's a pandemic. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and she did the public good thing, which you, I was looking for, by the way, if you type in the words on YouTube, if you search for unsafe space, public good, because that's a really great video that you did, Carter. And I, I look for it quite often. You can't find it. I had to ask really? you to send me the URL once. Yeah. it, it It's like it doesn't come up on the personal right pages. Yeah. But anyway, she used the public good defense. And, wow. and I said to her, I said, right. you know, <laughs> I said, look, you've already made it very clear that you're not free. You're you're not a free person. That's obvious. You've accepted you have bought into all the reasons they told you Why? Your freedom needs to be taken away. You've bought into it. I get it. But there's a lot of free people still out there, even in Australia. And thank God for that. There have always been people like you willing to roll over and give up your freedoms. there's always been, Yeah, there have always been people like you, but there's also always been people who are free. And thank God for those people. And Michael Rechtenwald jumped in on that, and, and, uh, that uh, conversation. And he, he said to her, he said, cause she, she was calling me stupid or whatever. And he said, you know, you, (laughs) there was one new death and you think the whole country should be shut down. Like (laughs) what, who's, who's moronic. And, and, (laughs) but, but there are people like her that just go along with it. And so, and so like you said, I, I don't know, this, this past year has shown me a lot about what people are like in large groups and what they're willing to tolerate And, you know, someone like her, I can look at her and say, you don't seem to understand, lady. Like you, your obedience, your compliance is prolonging this nightmare. But from her point of view, if I put myself in her shoes into a person who has that mindset, she thinks we are a Carter. She thinks we're prolonging this. She even said she was like, just one more lockdown. If you if you stupid, unvaccinated people would just get the vax, then it's all be over. No, it wouldn't. You don't get it. You don't get it. It's not going to be over. They're going to keep this works because it looks, it works on you. They're going to keep doing it. One death, shut the country down. Like they're going to keep doing this and doing this and doing this until enough of us say, no, no more. That's when it stops. You don't get that yet. She doesn't get, she doesn't get that yet.
0: You know, I was having, I had a long, I had a long, awesome conversation with um, Josh Slocum yesterday. Oh, cool. Um, Just a phone conversation. Um, Oh, yes, Beverly, thank you for, sorry. Beverly says she found it and linked it. I did just now search for it. I couldn't find it. I scrolled and scrolled. I had to go back to our, like.
1: The public good video, in, yeah. In,
0: internally and look for it. Um, The public good video. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, uh, yeah, I had a conversation with him about this. And one of the things, we got into a whole bunch of stuff, RK selection theory and all, R, R, RK reproduction theory and all this stuff. But yeah. one of the differences that you you see is, um. The people and I was tying this to our reproduction strategy for some reasons that I guess we don't need to get into right now. But um, there's a tendency to not be able to think lo- about long term threats. There's not there's, there's a tendency to not plan long term. Everything's very immediate mm-hmm. for that mentality. And so um, when someone says, "Aren't you concerned about the virus or whatever?" Like the virus is a very immediate threat. You can see, you can quote see it or at least you can see. Brian Stetler talk I'm about it or whatever Stelter, whatever um right it's it's all around you immediately right now and and that's a kind of a and that's a very easy thing and everyone sees that even people who choose to not wear masks or or get vaccinated they see that right everyone sees that but the the K's, the people who are looking at long-term planning the people who are have a longer-term view see a downside that the others just don't see and so and that downside is authoritarianism is deadlier than a virus <laughs> actually compliance is a deadlier virus yes uh a a, a spe- like unquestioned compliance is a deadlier virus yes by far much yes by far by far um and so when they see the behavior of the cathedral and the mainstream medical establishment, um, do things time and time again to uh, demonstrate that they have no credibility and 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 push masks in a way that don't actually respect any of the concerns. Or not masks up, push vaccines in any way that don't respect the concerns of the vaccine but rather just calls them idiots and stupid and yells at them and says that you're killing grandma or by not doing it or whatever when they see that force foisted upon them they're seeing very real evidence of a a very real much more deadly long-term threat which is compliance um and like yeah. blind obedience and the science is behind them actually if you want to talk about science We've talked about the Ash conformity studies. We've talked about the Milgram experiment. Um, we've talked about ordinary men in World War II. The science is behind people worried about blind obedience. That's where the science is. Blind obedience is very, very deadly. Um, and I mean, if you want it, you could blame it for the deaths of communism the last century—the 100 million deaths. Yeah. Right? Like blind obedience is is a, a huge problem. And so. They see this and they and they they're weighing the factors and going, well, there maybe is some risk with this virus thing, blah, blah, blah. But there's this other huge risk. And if we don't stand up to this other huge risk, we'll, we'll, like this is a much bigger long term risk. And the problem is the the Rs, well, I'm using the RK thing right now, but the Rs yeah. are they don't see the long term thing at all. They don't have they they have um short term. Is it nearsightedness or far sightedness? They can't see at a distance. They yeah. can't. And so they look at you and they think you're crazy. Don't you see the threat? Meet the threat. Like that's obvious. you see the threat. Yeah. you do the thing like oh, and yeah. you and, and you're and they don't get it. It's the same mentality that is like, um, it's exactly the same mentality that's like, but we're kind of hungry. We should eat this the, the grain and you, and the Ks are like, no, it's winter. We need to be able to survive next yes. year. We need to plant and the r's are like why would you not share your grain i'm hungry (laughs) (laughs) right and it's because their mentality is too short-sighted and all these people all these people with that attitude and i'm not saying everyone who's gotten vaccinated or wears masks like that's a personal choice and that's a fine personal choice but the people pushing this stuff in this way their issue is they literally don't see the risk that you see they don't see it they are blind to things yeah. six months out, a year out, definitely 10 years out, they are blind to that. And so you look like the crazy person to them because they can't see the downside that you see and are literally horrified and shaking in your boots about because it's a huge downside.
1: I really like, first of all, I like that you've applied RK to this because I've never thought about it in those terms before. And I'll give people an example of what that means if they're new to hearing R and K reproductive strategy but first this is exactly what we've talked about before with people who can't see and it and remember it always blows my mind I'm like people who can't see down the road of of how supporting something that's unprincipled just because it benefits their tribe in the short term is a bad idea because it may not benefit their tribe in the long term that always blows my mind but those are our selected kind of people those are people who, so for example, during the Kavanaugh hearings where suddenly they wanted to, <laughs> they wanted to in the, in the court of public opinion, convict this guy with no evidence and, and to deny him uh, uh, confirmation during his confirmation hearing. And, and I, I couldn't understand that. I'm like, you're deny, you're, you're taking away due process. We believe in innocent until proven guilty for a reason. And don't you understand that if, if we normalize doing this as a culture, that it's going to bite your quote-unquote side in the ass one day, too? Like, that that doesn't make sense. Like, doesn't, can't you see they that far down the road? It. They can't see that far down the road, I don't think. No. I think you're no, right. No,
0: they can't. And this is, so this, since you like the RK thing, let me just explain a little, a little bit more about that. Yeah. R's tend to evolve in environments in which there are um, predators, but but infinite resources. So our bunnies are the classic R, right? They they reproduce a lot, they've got lots of kids, almost no investment in the kids. There's predators, but there's infinite grass, like there's bunnies don't run out of food generally in the field, like there's plenty of food. The problem isn't food, the problem is, you know, hawks and things that are just gonna come swoop down and, and eat the bunnies. And so they don't invest a lot of time in each bunny, but they have a lot of bunnies, And all those bunnies can kind of sustain. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of food for the bunnies. Ks are the reverse. Ks are like the wolf. The classic K is a wolf, right? So um, where the the wolf spends a lot of time invested teaching the young wolf to help. Food is scarce. Um, It's actually difficult to get food. But there aren't really predators. Not many predators that prey on the wolf. And so um, they have smaller litters. They invest more time in them. and 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 they they have to learn how to like go do the hard thing to get food. I think obviously humans are more K okay generally, but I think humans can kind of adopt either mindset. And so if you are in at a place where you've got um if you're coming from a mindset of abundance of resources, um you tend to be R. And if you're coming at a place of like I like scarcer resources are there is adversity. You tend to be, you behave in more K ways, which is well, a lot, it's just, long-term. Planning. It's just
1: two different strategies. I mean, another good example is if you know primates, two different species of lemurs that we, so the the roughed lemur, the black and white rough lemur, or the red rough lemur, they have litters. They're primates who have litters and they actually look a lot like cats and dogs. Um, in the way that they walk and they they sit and stuff compared to other primates. But they have litters. That's an R strategy. They have very short gestation periods and then they don't invest a lot of time individually in each offspring. They mature faster. They're younger, they mature faster. Um, yeah. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you look at a shafak, like a cockerel shafak. Also Say a that lemur. Again.
0: A shafak?
1: Shafak. S I F A sh- K <laughs> okay. A. It's spelled Safaka. <laughs> okay. But you can. There's lots of different kinds of Shafak, but the they look a little more like monkeys. They sit upright. They have rounder heads, whereas the rough lemurs have sort of a snout like a dog. Um, the Shafaks have one baby at a time, one infant at a time, and they take the longer gestation period. They the the infants take longer to mature. They spend more time with them, more like a chimp or a human. It's it's the that K strategy, but I've never thought about like, cause that's, it's describing reproductive strategy, like, like animals that have lots of young, short gestation, short uh, investment into each one, but you're having a lot of them. So you hope one or one or two survive. Oh, almost like during very hard adverse times when I think families would have a lot more kids and you have less time to spend with all of them maybe, but you're, you're like, okay, you're gonna have 12 though. <laughs> and maybe some will survive the Great Depression. <laughs> but 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 now, like I have never thought of, anyway, I've never thought of the reproductive strategy in terms of just how people perceive threats before. And that's very interesting to me. Long-term versus short-term. Well
0: it is because so it our is. If strat- you think our about strategy K. is
1: all short-term. It's all short term.
0: Right. There's and K is all long-term. K is like, well. We have to do these things in order to learn how to hunt and right. hunting is like a thing, right? It's a, But R is like the bananas yeah. on the tree, pick it, eat it, done. The end. There's nothing yeah. beyond that.
1: Yeah. I hear that. Hold on. Horn. My car
0: alarm is going off. I'm going to go take care of it. I'll be right back.
1: Okay. Okay. While Carter's doing that, Beverly, I hope you're still with me because I would like for you to put up that that tweet that we were going to talk about earlier with the woman in the mask. Okay. <laughs> Just make it a little bigger. <laughs> You guys may have already seen this. Uh, this is a blue check mark, Alice Perry, and I just I I, I know a lot of people saw this, but it, it, if you're listening at home and you can't see it, this is a woman who took a selfie of herself on an empty train, wearing a mask, and then thought it was a I'm good not idea to you right, and then was like, "Let me share it and tell you." Here's what she says: "Gonna keep wearing my mask." on public transport, even when it's just me on the tube. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of thoughts about this, but one is that, uh, you know, sometimes people ask, what does virtue signaling mean? This is probably the best demonstration I've ever seen of virtue signaling, because the point of it is she wants you. This is supposed to show that she's being a good person. I'm being a good person. I'm following the rules. I believe in masks and all the attendant tribal things that are now attached to that. Like they've tried to attach political stance and stuff to whether or not you wear a mask. So she's letting, you know, there's nobody on the train there to witness it. And if someone signals a virtue in a forest and there's no one there to witness it, did it actually happen? So she has to, has to put it on Twitter. So you see it. And I just, that's, that's, that's the that's a that's the best definition I've ever that's the best demonstration I've ever seen of it. So I Yeah, just want to I'm share looking with for
0: you. I saw this and did you see Josh Slocum's um comment on this?
1: I don't think on so. On Twitter.
0: So, um he says this is an example of a technique that I call briar patching. Oh, briar patching. Yeah, pretending that you don't want the likely outcome of your actions to occur in this case provoking people into criticizing your silliness when that is actually the goal because what she does is she then follows up with another tweet after that where she says oh since this tweet suddenly got a lot of attention i'm adding in the link to then she does some more virtue signaling like there's there's a there's this pretense that like gee i'm i'm shocked why i didn't realize that there was this much attention would come from my tweet like of course she knew that much <laughs> yes From a tweet that's why she tweeted it right <laughs> like, It's
1: that's like why she did it Hey Beverly, can you put up the other one I just sent you I just wanted this is just good for a little bit of intermittent frivolity sometimes the internet is still just a fun silly frivolous place and makes me laugh a lot and this is this response I didn't see Josh Slocum's, but he's right I've heard him use that term before Briar hedging but this response made me laugh and hopefully if you haven't seen it yet Carter We'll see if it provokes, if it tickles the old bunny bone in you.
0: We have to stop showing Carter stuff beforehand. That's the new rule. So yeah, I didn't show this time that you guys are seeing.
1: (laughs) I'm already laughing in anticipation.
0: All right, (laughs)
1: wait, wait, you got to scroll down. Uh, Click on that picture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that Bernie Sanders and Hunter Biden? Why that's funny it's just i don't stupid. know why
1: it's just stupid <laughs> somebody photoshopped hunter <laughs> biden <laughs> and bernie sanders <laughs> <laughs> that's why i love the internet <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> all right let's, let's let's turn to some super chats for a um Penumbra Syndicate says authoritarianism has been tried, but never with a fraction of the technology we have today. If we disarm, we might just find out how bad it can get. Yeah, right. Technology is a tool and it can be used to keep the authoritarians out or it can be used by the authoritarians to clamp down. Um, I think I, I really view technology as just a scaling. It's a tool for scaling. So if you've got bad stuff going on, Technology makes it that much worse, and if you've got good stuff going on, technology can make it that much better. Um, yeah, it's it's just a catalyst. It's it, which makes it dangerous, right? It's a multiplication It's a it's a multiplicative agent, is what it is. Um, which is you know great if it's let's communicate good ideas to people as quickly as possible. Like yay, the internet. Um, or let's
1: Photoshop Hunter Biden and and
0: right, uh, then it's Bernie good.
1: Sanders into a funny picture. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Uh, Super Iron Bob says, eat your seeds, they're tasty. Super Iron Bob, channeling the R. Oh, I see. Alabama Toolbox says, I find it interesting that COVID variants were waiting backstage for over a year and didn't make their debut until half the U.S. had the vaccine. Well, you know, it's all about timing, Alabama Toolbox. (laughs) Pirate Tomsky says, never give power to a government you like without thinking about how a government you hate could use it against you. I could have stopped right after never give power to a government, but I get what you're saying. Power yeah.
1: yeah, it's think long term. I'm going to read one. Super Iron Bob, thank you, says, suffer not the blue check to opine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that poem. Who wrote that?
0: <laughs> uh, Whitey on the Moon says, easy now. You can't say RK, but you can say AK. I don't even know. I don't even I get don't get that. it. I'm. I apologize. You went like right over my head with that one. I'll fight I'll you fight naked. You. Says
1: people's current behavior, combined with disaffected podcast, leads me to believe that mental illness is more common than I thought. Yes, I agree. It is.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's always been common. I. This is going to be sound like a stupid nerdy thing, but I was reading the Odyssey this morning, and I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of evidence for this because it's only a few passages but I'm pretty sure Calypso had borderline personality disorder. She's like, she's like the nymph goddess who kept Odysseus on the Island. <laughs> like <laughs> there's some stuff she said, and I like, I made a little note. I'm like, Hey, this is the drama triangle she's doing. Hey, I think she has borderline personality disorder. I, I, I think, uh, I think maybe this is, this kind of crap has been with us for quite some time. It's just, we're getting more of it. Yeah. Now, you
1: know. Well, the here's the here's the other thing is that like Josh Slocum points out on his show a lot that I didn't know this beforehand. I knew a lot about BPD, but I didn't know that like all of those Cluster B personality disorders used to be called character disorders. First of all,
0: yeah, which is great. Which,
1: which is interesting. And the other thing I was thinking about is that a lot of these these. You know, when we were talking earlier, like once I've determined that you're a person with bad character, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want you near me. That's because I was raised by a person with a a personality disorder, (laughs) like a person of bad character. And look, I'm not I'm not uh, trying to I'm not trying to say there's there's that people are irredeemable with these disorders. They're not. I know that some people Um try and overcome them. And, and especially there's a, there's a whole range of, there's a whole range of the traits and you can, people can work on and overcome some of those traits just because you have a lot of the traits. Does not mean that you're like full blown in this disorder, but I'm talking to the people about the people that are full blown in it, the type of people who are never going to get help and are never going to recognize that there's anything wrong with them. They have too much of the narcissism that, that comes with all these disorders. Those people, there's no reason to have them in your life. In my opinion, there's no reason they bring nothing, but everywhere they go, chaos, destruction, evil. And and I think that a long time ago, so these personality disorders used to be called character disorders. I think that we used to just call it possession, <laughs> like in biblical times. That's sort of what I've been well. thinking of lately. This is my opinion now is like we used to just say that person's mad. And I don't mean depression. I don't mean anxiety. I don't mean these, right. pi- I'm not talking about mental illness. Like I'm not talking about uh, uh, bipolar. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking about these narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, uh, antisocial personality disorder, which is this, the sociopaths and the, and the psychopaths and histrionic personality disorder. These four, these are character disorders. This isn't like, Oh, I've, I went through about a bout of depression or I'm dealing with anxiety or no, these are disorders of your character. And there's, there's something on a, if, if you were to talk, like if I were to talk to a Christian about this, there's, there are different, there's different words I would use. Like secular, in the secular world, it's like, okay, personal disorder. If I'm talking to a Christian, I'm like, that girl has a demon in her. <laughs> like,
2: I don't know. I don't know. Just right. Well, know I mean, I, I think, I, right I, think
0: I think the demon analogy is, I mean, as an atheist, I think the demon analogy is, is an interesting one. I think, um, I can't tell how much of the personality disorders are, so we've learned some things, right, as a, as a society which are depressing, and one of those things is like, a large percentage of your personality is genetic, which sucks, especially if you're a parent. <laughs> it sucks to hear that, right? Not all of it, right? But a but a significant percentage is genetic. Um and so when I hear the the personality disorder stuff, I like I don't want to say, oh, they have a personality disorder, therefore we write them off. Like right. it's not a it's not a it's not a binary thing, like, oh they have this, therefore oh well, nothing we can do, done. Um on the flip side, there may be times where there aren't anything. There's nothing you. can do. There may be certain things where there literally is nothing you can do. Um, yeah. And I don't know where the, I don't know how we tease out the difference, but I do think something that has happened in in recent decades is we've absolved, and partly we've done this. You can see it with the change in language from character traits to personality disorders, but we've absolved people of um, personal responsibility for yes. um, getting over their, quote, disorder. I won't even say their disorders, getting over um, attributes that are related to these disorders. like Because it's on a scale anyway. Like You have these problems, you have these, we'll say, flaws, character flaws, or things that are making your life or the lives of people around you more difficult. In the past, there was at least some... ...sense of self-ownership, like it's your responsibility to go out and fix this and try. And I, I don't know if it's fixable completely, like I said, which is the depressing part, but at least some parts of it are. We all have traumas as kids or issues that we need to overcome and... There are ways to get better. I mean, not, you, maybe not fully 100% healed from everything all the right. time, like obviously, but there are way, there are ways right. to self-improve. But we've entered it into an era in which um, you are not asked to improve yourself at all. Society. Instead, you are, are yes. celebrated for your dysfunction.
1: So culture, I think, used to be better at correcting for any of these traits that people might pick up. Maybe they have a, a – someone with a person disorder, raising them and they pick up some of these traits, but culture would help correct that. Culture's at a place now where it doesn't correct that at all. It, it encourages this behavior, this, right. this distorted behavior. That's exactly, I, I hear what you're saying. Can I ask in, in Calypso and Odysseus, what were some of the things that she was doing? Cause some uh, of the the one, the, the one that
0: really called yeah. my attention to it was she shifted from oppressor to victim really quickly. And she did uh, this, like she, so she's been holding him on this Island the whole time against his will. Like, you're my husband now. You're staying on the island. The guy's, like, not wanting to be on the island. And she, um, Hermes comes and yells at her, basically, and is like, you got to let him go. And so she goes to to Odysseus, and she says, like, oh, you know, I'm going to let you go and do these things. And Odysseus, rightly, is like, well, how do I know this isn't another scheme and blah, 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 like, because she's been scheming to keep him there and trapped and doing all these things. And, like, a healthy personality might respond with, yeah, I know, I've been blah, 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 but, you know, Hermes slapped me silly and verbally, uh, and I get it, and I got to let you go. Zeus really wants you to go. and uh, like, But she doesn't say that. She instead, like, Flip becomes victim, and she's like, how dare you say that about me? Blah, 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 how could you ever? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about like yeah literally trapped him there for 10 years of course he thinks that you're like you're not the victim here calypso but that was her like reaction yeah. to odysseus like how <gasps> how could you think that about me yes. <laughs> it's like well <laughs> yes i have some reasons
2: yeah so <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the one thing that was the first thing that i'm like wait a minute and then i started looking i'm like i, I looked at her some other passages and i'm like maybe she has
1: Oh, for some type of character <laughs> disorder. I'm telling you, the people that are full blown with this, it's not like again, it's not just having a few traits. It's like the, the absolute narcissism to never consider that there's something wrong with you, that you leave this, uh, this just a litter of failed, broken relationships and arguments and stuff in your wake because of you. <laughs> right. that it's like right. it's like right. no but it's all these other people's <laughs> fault it's that i've had just terrible bosses and terrible friends and terrible circumstances my whole no like it's you but um but but i've known people who well that that thing is very common that flipping to the victim co- and, co- and and claiming to be a victim while abusing others that is right. so that is right. so close to it's like while I'm hitting you with a rock, it's like stop hitting me. It's like, dude, you're like yeah. hitting. Me. It hurts
2: so much to hit yes, you with a rock. Yes, it hurts so
0: much
1: to hit you. <laughs> Why with are you rock. making it hurt? Yeah. Look what you make me do. If only you <laughs> would stop X, Y, Z, then I would stop hitting you. Right. Um. Yeah. The the other is that I've known and and in conversations with friends about people they've known with cluster B, like they'll just like do things you can't even imagine doing, like that you can't even imagine because you're like what? Ma- what you your mean? mind like make up. People like make up. People. Oh, like
0: their lies are just so. Their lies are so absurd and,
1: and so elaborate, yeah. and 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 fake a death in the family to to get you on the phone or like to do, like just complete lie about things that you would never imagine lying about. Right. Who so would much do that yeah. so much so that when a normal person hears about it, they're like, "Well, why would they? There must be some truth. Why would somebody say that?" Yes, they would say that because it's they're not normal. <laughs>
2: like yeah.
1: it doesn't make sense to you because it's not something you could conceive of doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, and that's kind of there's, this naivete mm-hmm. about, I'll call it evil in the world, but like yeah. there's this naivete that there like, there are people who do and say horrific things without provocation, like without yeah. justification. There's not like a reason. I mean, there's a reason they are offended or upset or whatever, but like, Without like anything that a rational person would consider justification, doing um, yeah, and so and 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 they do get away with that sometimes. They'll be like, they'll do this outrageous thing or make an outrageous accusation, and it's it's complete fabrication. And people around them will 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 say, well, that person must have done something wrong. Like it, like yeah. maybe they're overblowing it, but there must be some grain of truth to that. And like that's true among reasonable people, there is a grain of truth. But among people with in cluster B, sometimes there's like. Zero no. grain of truth. It's literally just out of thin air. Yeah, crazy.
1: Because it serves whatever purpose they have. Here's a great example right. that was in the news: Jesse Smollett. Yes. Now a lot of people were like, "Why would he fake this? Why would he lie about this?" Because a normal, yep. reasonable person would never conceive of something like that.
2: Right. But
1: that's not normal. That's not a normal person. That is the person with a serious character disorder. Yep. You yeah. know, when we first started the show together, Carter, and I was very insistent with you that I don't believe there are good people and bad people that I think like I had been reading a lot of Jordan Peterson who references Alexander Solzhenitsyn a lot and talks about the line dividing good and evil, how it runs down the heart of every man. And I agree with that. And I agree with that, that like we can choose to live. Sometimes we live more in a good place. Sometimes we live more in a bad place, depending on how disconnected we are from truth. Right. And
0: I would, it's I, dependent on our personal choices, but... Yeah, right,
1: sure. but but now I've gotten, and I used to argue with you and say, there's no evil people, there's no good people. I've gotten much closer to the, pl- to the place of saying, no, there are some evil people.
0: <laughs> I don't think those things are like, incompatible, though. Like, I agree, I agree that the dividing line between good and evil runs to the center of every man's heart. Like, I agree with that. But you are the generalized some of your actions and when you continually choose the evil side of your heart you get by the way it gets easier to make evil choices the more you make them so the more and more you make them and if the totality of your existence i mean if you turn out to be stalin maybe he's really nice to his employees that that he likes that day maybe he's a good dad i don't i mean i doubt stalin was a good dad but whatever like maybe he has some. he tips well maybe he has some redeeming qualities, but you look at the totality of what he's done. and I mean, you really only have to look at the of Moore or whatever, <laughs> like, oh, that's, we can categorize that as an evil person. That's a person who has continually chosen the evil every, most of the time, enough to have an impact that is on average, clearly evil. Right? right. Um, And you can say the same thing about someone who's, you know, Done a really good job. I mean, we'll just we don't have to pick a hero. You can just pick someone who's like a really good mom, right? And like, okay, they they were a really good mom. They continued to try and do the best that they could and they always chose the side or not always. They continually tried to when they screwed up, they recognized it and corrected and tried to be a good person and like, okay, you can look at that person and say that they were good. They like they, they generally lived a good life. Does it mean they never did anything wrong? No, the standard isn't imaginary. There's not the standard for judging stuff that happens in reality isn't your fantasy. And which is, by the way, this happens politically all the time. People will be like, this thing's failing. Why? Because I have a fantasy about this and it's not the fantasy. And it's like, (laughs) okay, but how about you compare it to other real things? It's doing pretty well against those, right? Yeah, actually it is. Right. And so I don't, I don't think I think the problem is when when someone says, "Well, people can be evil, people some people interpret that to mean they're all evil, 100 percent evil, they could only ever be evil, there's no rede- they could never have redeemed themselves, their heart is completely evil, and I don't really think that's what it means. It means they've on average chosen the evil when they've had that, and they've become really good at choosing the evil path. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah, I think we're in in agreement on that more. Then we're Sounds in like
0: disagreement. It. Matt Deckard's gonna go around quoting me on the internet saying Stalin's a good tipper. I don't know if he was. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. He probably was a horrible tipper because uh there probably were no wages.
2: Right. I don't know.
1: That uh the uh gosh, who was it I was talking to? Maybe it was Josh Slocum we were talking about like, you know, these these evil people or these people who've I would say dedicated more of their life to evil than to good <laughs> right. in history these evil people who you're like uh yeah like like manse charles manson he was a vegetarian he wrote some songs that were okay like you know <laughs> like there's always like some
0: <laughs> and i yeah can i make a someone someone said something in chat that, that i'm not going to repeat it but i, I want to make this clear i'm not saying that the math to calculate someone's evil or goodness is a a summation of the number of things they've done, you can certainly do things in your life that place you in the evil category kind of permanently, right? Like if Stalin in the last year of his life was like, Hey, sorry about that. I was wrong. (laughs) Like, all right. But as a person over your life, pretty evil. Um, Like I I get that you decided to to want some redemption and I'm not saying that everyone should, you know, well, actually I am saying that like, I, probably wouldn't let him just even just as an example to other people like you can't you can't kill millions of people and then be like oops do you forgive me no no we don't like that that can't be a path that's available to you
1: but i have to believe that uh, that redemption is possible for everyone like meaning they could have a change well you only
0: have to believe that that that's possible in god's eyes (laughs) You don't have to believe that it's possible and the eyes. That of other I have people. to
1: forgive them? No, I agree. But right. you know, it's something to aim towards. Okay. I want to read this from Zach Adamson. He says okay. he gives us a super chat and says, How often do you hear these days? Quote, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. End quote. Some people love the chaos and don't mind inflicting it on others. Zach, thank you. I I was actually thinking of that earlier this week, is that's become so common. And that, I think, is an example of the cultural rot where we're no longer helping people correct for character faults. We're supporting the character faults where people feel comfortable saying crap like that if you can't handle me at my worst. Gross.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a funny one because it's like almost everyone I know, I couldn't handle at their worst. Like people's worst is pretty bad. Like and if you're married to someone
1: and you don't want to stay at your worst. Right.
0: That's why like if you've got a let's say you're in a fight with your spouse or whatever and and your spouse starts going be full on crazy or whatever, that's why it's like I'm gonna leave now and I'll come back later. Like I'm gonna leave the room or go for a drive. Like calm down. I can't handle you at you're close you're getting close to your worst. (laughs) I can't handle you at your worst.
2: (laughs) Worst.
0: you take care of your shit and i'll be back later and we'll talk like that's that's fine there's nothing that's not a failure
1: i just picture right? you, <laughs> an abusive spouse who's like drunk like stumbling through the house with a belt like if you can't handle me at my
0: worst right? exactly you know? it's
1: yes like, yeah. oh, i did not have to do this like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i cannot i cannot should i have to handle you at that worst uh, but on the flip side, he makes good grilled cheese. That's at his best. Right. <laughs> like, and by the way, just another another question I will ask is, how often are you actually at your worst? I mean, I've, I'm at my less than great often. Like, that happens where I fail and I'm not my greatest self. And I imagine that happens to lots of people. My worst? I don't think that happens very often. I'm not sure it's ever happened like there's a dark part of me just like there's everyone else that's my worst you really You're- you really shouldn't be at your worst ever
1: <laughs> well, what it does too though is it it kind of says that you've got these two states of being and they're static and that's i that's yes. awful it it it's telling you that like I have a worst and I have a best. And sometimes I'm one and sometimes I'm the other. No, like that is not the probably way never you should...
0: your best either. But that's a separate. Yeah. But
1: yeah. yeah <laughs> but that's not how you should look at yourself. It's like you should be continually at those times when you're the worst version of yourself. It should be. I want to be the worst version of myself less and less often. And I want the worst version of myself that that is manifested. I want it to be I want it to be less awful each time. <laughs> like I don't want to be <laughs> right. The worst part, right? Like it's it's sort of um, like with vices, you know. My worst vice used to be alcohol. My worst vice is now coffee. It's not. Uh, thank good. Thank goodness, it's better. <laughs> like I don't want to be like you know. <laughs> if you can't handle me at my worst, that's just my worst. That's just what it's always going to be. No, like
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. It changes. It should change. It should change, and you should be with someone. Who friends, whether it's friends or a loved one or whoever, you should be with someone who encourages you. It's not just a cheesy saying; it's true. You should be with someone who encourage and people who encourage you to be your best and to be better, and to be less of your worst. <laughs> well, I mean, time. I think
0: one of the signs of uh, one of the signs that I look for in friends or, um, obviously, like romantic partner or whatever, um, has always been like: is there a is there a do they Employ introspection and change in choice. Like, do they look back? Do they like they fail at something or whatever? Or even if they succeed, do they then look back and go, "What did I do well? What did I not do well? How can I improve?" And then implement it, because that's really all you can ask from anyone. We all have our foibles and 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 whatever. But if they're on a path and they're making those decisions correctly, like they, they they have their 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 value structure is such that. What the, what the what did i do well question is they're asking in the right context not like how could i you know what did i do well in order to become the the leader of the world and the, the you know the emperor of humanity right like if they've got their value structure correct and they're doing that level of self-reflection and and attempting to then make a positive change sometimes maybe failing but um i don't i don't know that there's a lot more that you can ask for someone's psychology like that's that's what you can do with what you're given right you've got yourself you've got your foibles you've got your psychology the best you can do is look at it and try and do your best to improve it based on standards that are moral um and i think for a lot of these bad people that we're talking about they do the opposite um what they do is then when they do something that's bad their self-reflection if there is any um the purpose of the self-reflection is to is rationalization yes. um and to justify whatever it was that they did that yes. was bad and that simply enables them to do worse do worse um,
1: yes because they always justify themselves right yeah.
0: right so all right let's do some more super chats uh ian Soforth says i'm going to keep wearing skis even when i'm not skiing <laughs> <laughs> that would be I'm- better than a mask
1: i saw a funny one about a seatbelt. i'm gonna keep wearing this seatbelt even when i'm not driving. let me take a selfie <laughs> <That's right.
0: laughs> uh ditching, uh kent anufa truck says ditching toxic people is self-protection yes not only is it self-protection i don't i don't think it's um i think it's actually making the world a better place <laughs> i think i think ostracizing toxic people makes the world a better place because other people see that you ditched that person too Mm. And, and then they're like, oh, Carrie ditched that person. Hmm. Maybe there those is, feelings I have about ditching that person are valid. <laughs> like there's maybe no
1: I- reason to have that person. Uh, look, here's, here's, I, I lo- I've learned something recently. I've learned why it is that people, when, when stories like, okay, like Jeffrey, Eps, Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, when, when the public consensus finally turns, and there's a big story, and then every suddenly everyone's over here. Like we talked about the Ash Conformity Experiment. Seventy-five percent of the people who know everybody knows, right? Everybody in their circles knows, but nobody ever says anything. But if enough of the leaders, if enough, if enough of the public consensus changes, then the seventy-five percent shifts over here, and now they're suddenly all against this person, and they they feel comfortable saying, "I'm against him too. He's awful. It's, he's a monster." I now understand because of a lot of things this past year. I understand because the Ash conforming experiments. I understand why those people are silent. I used to not I used to not get it. How can the whole entertainment industry know about someone like Harvey Weinstein and not do anything or say anything? How come there's no repercussions? I get it now because they wait for public every it's it's two things. It's fear because they're afraid of what that big person that they perceive to have a lot of power, a lot of connections and a lot of fame or whatever. They're afraid of what that person will do to them. If they, if, if they're the lone, one of the lone people standing up and saying something it's fear, but it, and it's also, it's this um, really selfish egotistical desire for things that that bad person might be able to give them. And I've talked to people recently about this and they've admitted this to me like yeah. it's fear I can't say anything because I'm afraid. I don't want the target on my back. Um, and it, and it's the same thing with criticizing toxic ideologies too. They're afraid. They're like, I don't want the target on my back. I can't say anything. I can't, but you can hear. You say something, please do something. Please speak up, but I can't because I'm afraid. Or the the second one, they've said to me, well, I, I agree, but I'm it's really tricky for me because I'm getting XYZ from associating with this bad person right now. And okay, but that's a choice you're making. And I can't, I, I just, I don't understand. I understand it now. I didn't used to understand it, but on a soul level, I don't. I will never, I you, it's it's that Bible verse. Tra- <laughs> for what is it worth to trade, to, to gain the whole world, but trade your soul? I'm not trading my soul. I'm not making a Faustian bargain to be next to a bad person out of fear or out of some selfish desire for things. So no. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carter, it's a little bit of a rant, but
0: no, that's what, I agree but with that's it. That's how those
1: people yeah, they want something yeah. from Harvey Weinstein. They want something from Jeffrey Epstein,
0: you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree with it and I just wanna I know that I always go philosophical on stuff, so I'm gonna yeah. just add to that that I think the fundamental issue philosophically is um, there's lots of bad philosophy that I don't like. But I think the most pernicious and the most dangerous has been pragmatism. Because pragmatism is the idea that no philosophy is worth sticking to, that no set of ideals are worth dying for, that nothing is worth, that nothing really matters. It's this idea that, well, practically, you've got to compromise on stuff. Well, you want that job, so sleep Harvey Weinstein. Well, you really want this thing. so Well, you know, you get, like, it's this idea that to live a uh, a life here on Earth, you need to make compromises to moral value and what is and 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 i think the reason it's given credence is when people grow up with moral values that don't match reality Mm
2: -hmm. that
0: don't work in reality well you lose your idealism as you get older because geez that doesn't work and you become a pragmatist because well we got to compromise these moral ideals it's because your moral ideals are wrong it's because you don't have moral ideals that actually work in reality. If you did, you would recognize that actually compromising them is never a good idea long term. You're yeah. it's never a good idea. Um and it's
1: R I, versus K again.
0: Yeah, I think it is a little bit. Um I think it is a little bit R versus K. But this is what happens to, you know, this is how I describe I think a lot of what happened to um just to turn it to political philosophy for a moment like this is what happened to a lot of communists right a lot of socialists like they they learn from in high school maybe college when they're nice and idealistic they learn abhorrent ideals they learn stuff that actually doesn't work in reality doesn't correspond to reality is anti-reality is a pile of crap and they ideally run around with sparkly eyes thinking we're gonna make the commune communism is gonna be great and then Things don't work out over time. They they try, and it doesn't work. And they have to make and just to live their own life, they have to make compromises uh, against this ideology. And they turn into these cynical people who kind of scoff at ideas. Uh, you're scoffing at ideas because you had crappy ideas. Don't blame ideas. Blame yourself. They were crappy ideas. It was those ideas. It's not that. It's not that like. I get that it's frustrating that Stalin took over for communism in in the Soviet Union and Stalin did these bad things and Pol Pot did these bad things and Mao did these bad things. Those it's the ideas that are the problem. The ideas necessitate someone like that taking over. That's what the ideas are. Yeah. Don't give up on ideas. Find the right ideas.
1: Better ideas.
0: And don't compromise. One of my favorite parts of V for Vendetta is the is that uh the speech where V talks about like the last inch that Evie wouldn't give up when she was in the the yeah. faux prison, right? She was in the, in ersatz prison that he had constructed, and and she she refused to give up that last inch. She she would rather be taken behind the chemical shed and shot, right? Um, and he gives a speech about that last inch. That's like if you have the right ideas, that last inch is worth fighting for. If your idea is that. Um, men are <laughs> tools for the state or, <laughs> or whatever. Like if, you, if that's your crappy idea,
1: if your idea is that it's not we need worth to sur- dying for, right? We need to surrender our freedoms when the government says so because of the public, yeah, like, or
0: even that your right? life doesn't matter as much as your neighbor's life. Like altruism is a crappy idea. It's a crappy moral code. Um, like if that's what you're, Morals are based on you will find it necessary to compromise your morals in order to live on earth. And when you do, you will get cynical about morals in general. Well, that's your fault. That's your fault. That's not that's not the problem of morality.
1: Yeah.
0: Sorry. All right. I that was a long sorry, I now No, irony. I like it. Well, I, I'll move. I, I'll move.
1: I think you and I I, I really... I'd like when I being rooted in different things, some different things like coming, I'm coming from this new, for me, Christian perspective and you're coming from an atheist perspective, but we agree on so much. And a lot of times I like when you're talking about something like this and I, I feel on this gut level, I know exactly what you're talking about and it doesn't matter that we, we came at it from different angles,
0: but. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I agree. Let's do (laughs) super chats. Uh, Super Iron Bob says, Acadia used to be a deadly sin before the consolidation in 590. It was the sin of refusing to engage with God's love. Often depression and disorders are a choice, but you don't know it until you make it. I don't know anything about that particular sin, and I would be curious about how it was diagnosed. That seems like a scary one to me. You don't look like you're... (laughs) You're not engaging in God's love. I've never heard of that either. I want to look it up. To the gallows. Yeah, I don't know how that...
1: What was that word? Because I don't see that one here.
0: A-C-E-D-I-A. Acadia is how I'm pronouncing it. I'm not sure if that's that's right. I'm going to look that one up. Thank you. I know nothing about it. David Sumner uh, gives us 10 euro and says, I feel like a key reason why people embrace Marxism is that it allows them to indulge in sadism without tarnishing their own self-image. Cancel culture has a real yes. element of sadism to it. Yes, I think there's something about the Marxist political philosophy that um, fundamentally is hatred of individuals, hatred of people. I think there's a I think there's a fundamental misanthropy um, people, that's embedded into Marxism. Yeah. Well,
1: people like it, it's resentment at it. There's a lot of resentment at its core because it basically says you need to we need to forcibly take and redistribute things from others. That's resentment. That's what Jordan Peterson about. Yeah, but about. even
0: even the bourgeois like, that they, there's a, there's bourgeois people that engage in it too. And I think it's not necessarily resentment. I think it's just hatred of humanity. But yes, right. for some. That resentment some people is it's what resentment.
1: motivates mm-hmm. a lot of people for it. Yeah. Like well, even mm-hmm. the bourgeois, they want more and more. I mean, look at the look at okay, so currently in society, we've got this social justice Marxism that's operating. It's this dominant ideology in the West. And the a lot of the people, the loudest people pushing it. Are the are elite people with yep. who are, people like Ivo Max Kendy are getting $10 million from Twitter, people like Robin DeAngelo, they have a lot of power. They say that this ideology is about redistributing power among identity groups, right? But like they just want more power for themselves, those at the top. It's just more of a grab. It's more and more of a grab. But but I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think resentment is I think fueling resentment a lot are, of it is a, is a hatred a better, of a humanity. Yeah. I yeah, hate I, of humanity, true. That. But also, um, uh, to get back to that point, sorry, I'm losing a track of thought. He was saying, uh, oh, man, what was it? Can you read the comment one more time? Uh,
0: sorry, hold on. I guess got to get – I skipped overview. Um, it was from David Sumner, and it said, I feel like a key reason why people embrace Marxism is that it allows them to indulge in sadism yes. without tarnishing their own self-image. And yes. then he says cancel culture has a real element of sadism. Okay.
1: This is, there's one of my favorite quotes. It's not coming to mind right now, but it's about how people love ideology because it gives them an excuse for wrongdoing. I think it's an Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote. Ideology. It is, it is an Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote. It, it gives people um, a cloak to wear so they can enact their worst, deepest, darkest desires. I'm not quoting him now. I'm just paraphrasing based what he's talking about is is whether whether people have cloaked themselves in christianity to do evil or cloaked themselves in social justice to do evil they'd like being able to say i'm behaving in this really evil way for good intent good reasons and and you need to look no further than if you want to see a demonstration of it in our current life in the world today look at antifa they dress in masks first of all before masks were in vogue they dress in <laughs> they dress in masks why? Just like the KKK. Why? They have to protect who they are. Why? Because I think a deep deep down part of them knows what they're doing is wrong. They have to be anonymous while they do it, but they're out there and they wear all black, they wear these masks and they perpetrate violence on people. They beat people over the head with bicycle locks. They set fire to things. They 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 kill people, they destroy they destroy, they destroy small businesses, they destroy neighborhoods, they destroy the fabric of a community, they destroy lives. And I think part that there's a dark part of them that enjoys doing that, but they like cloaking it in this, oh, I'm doing this because I'm anti-fascist. I'm behaving like a fascist because I'm anti-fascist. But they're getting off on being sadists, like you're saying, and they're cloaking it in this ideology. It gives them a, re- a justification.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that um, it probably starts with psychological issues and they're just grabbing at whatever... Instead yeah. of beliefs allow them to behave in the way allow that they want them- to behave. Um, yes. The only thing I'm going to start pushing back on, and this is new, um, I'm going to stop saying ideology is bad. Ideology, the definition of ideology, mm-hmm. is is just an integrated system of ideas. Ideology isn't bad. In fact, I think it's I think it's a uh, I think pragmatism, and the prevalence of pragmatism is why people say ideology is bad bad ideology is bad
1: bad idea <laughs> a well, bad
0: system of beliefs is bad but an integrated system of beliefs as such is an ideology and that's not bad christianity you know, is an integrated system of beliefs that i think that you would support
1: well carter I mean, you I may have no- maybe you didn't notice but i often differentiate between a belief system and an ideology
0: I I noticed that, but the definition of ideology right. is an integrated system of belief, so that's encompassing. I so, but I, usually, and but And I don't think there's an argument to be made that that, as such, is bad.
1: I know. I agree. It's just—I've thought about this a lot. What's the difference between the two? And we, we can talk about it some other day, because I want to have that conversation. But
0: Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm just—and I, I get that mostly when you say it, and actually when people say it, they typically mean— uh, there's a there's a set of ideologies that are popular right now that are out of sync with reality and morality, and those yes. are the ideologies to which they're referring. And that was what Solzhenitsyn was referring to as well. Um, yeah. But I'm I just I just realized I didn't want to start throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and I wanted because like, no, I, I do agree. think our goal should be to figure out a integrated system of beliefs that is correspondent to reality, and that's called an ideology.
1: I don't disagree with that.
0: I just usually call it a belief system. Yeah, that's fine. Um, All right. Uh, Okay. Pyrotomsky. Tomsky. Tomsky says, people who say that about my worst, what we were talking about before when I'm at my worst, um, people who say that about my worst really don't understand the depravity that we are all capable of. Ordinary men, anyway. He's referencing the book. He, that's capitalized. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm looking um, for that People that think Schultz. that they, yelling at the the barista is the worst of them. It's like, mm, you could be, you're a lot darker than that, actually. If you look into your heart, you've got a lot more darkness than yelling at the barista. That's also not good. You probably shouldn't have done it or whatever the, the sin that you committed was. But um if you're like much of humanity you're capable of, of much worse and you need to be aware of that uh chris patterson says you guys always make me feel better and not so alone in my beliefs and values uh, thanks for being voices of common sense and reason in a world god mad thanks chris that means a lot welcome thank you um aiken gives us i think it's australian dollars it has an a uh so i think it's australian uh, I think people are complying with blanket lockdowns, fake masks, et cetera, because they are following altruistic values. Governments have taken advantage of that. Uh, I think that's part of it, although I think a lot of it is just um, actually much more, uh, much more selfishly motivated virtue signaling. I want to be viewed as a good person thing. It's still probably tied to through altruism. But yeah. Altruism is dangerous because it tells you as a moral code that um, other people take precedence over you. And um, as soon as someone can speak for other people, you've lost your moral (laughs) ability to argue. Um, You've lost the moral high ground. Um, And in fact, it's also just provably upside down from a logic perspective. Like, why would another person matter but you don't what makes them matter the fact that they're a person are you a person then you matter also like a- actually like there's no it's a logical inversion um and and sacrificing yourself for the greater good uh is probably uh, that one thing is probably responsible for all if i mean may- maybe 90 percent, if not all suffering in human history by governments and groups and whatever, like, it's because people are willing to sacrifice themselves for the public good. That's why. And the public good just gets defined by whomever happens to be in charge. Sometimes it's a dictator. Sometimes it's 51%.
1: 51%. And, the,
0: and, and like, that's the public good. And you're still doing evil, so...
1: So here's the I just want to read this quickly. This is not the full excerpt. I couldn't find it, but I found part of the quote. It is an Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote, and he says, "Ideology that is what gives evil doing its long-sought justification and gives the evil doer the necessary steadfastness and determination. Thanks to ideology, the 20th century was fated to experience evil doing on a scale calculated in the millions. And I would right. agree with you; it's bad ideology. But
0: yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you think about it from his perspective, um, he's responding to what was even more popular. It was even I mean, Marxism was more popular then as an ideology, right? And there was this kind of very popular ideology that was being rolled out everywhere as the key to saving mankind and being, you know, this utopian, this utopian vision. And it was bad ideology, and so. Um, I I guess in the face of that, uh, and the pragmatism pragmatism is definitely better than really bad ideology. Uh, the danger, the only danger with pragmatism is it eventually just leads to really bad ideology. <laughs> you just get there more slowly. So, um, Johnny,
1: I'm gonna read this one on screen. Johnny yeah. boy, quick draw. Hello, sir. Gives us a super chat. He says ideology is fine, but you can't serve two masters. If you're an artist and you put ideology first, art necessarily is an afterthought. Hence the crap movies, comics, and video games of recent years. Yes, I agree. And actually, the best... I think you can have a belief system I don't agree with
0: that, but I'll go ahead and do your thing and then I'll...
1: Well, no, you can have ideas that you're trying to get out there. Like, I know you love Ayn Rand, for example. She's clearly trying to articulate some ideas in her stories. They're not just stories for the sake of stories. But, I would say, you can be too heavy-handed with that. I'm not saying she was. I'm saying that... When I look would at SNL, you have to read her
0: to be able to say that.
1: Okay, I, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I'm not saying she is. I don't know. But <laughs> that's the one
0: book People I do say to that about her, one. obviously, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but okay, here's a great example, SNL. When they started to put ideology first, their their comedy is suffering. And this is happening like Johnny Boy Quickcross says in a lot of the arts lately, it's like they're, they're putting social justice in everything, and that's the number one goal. And storytelling has become secondary to that. And I've, I actually wouldn't even mind you inserting social justice ideas if you made the storytelling most important and you didn't subvert it to make sure you got the ideology right. Like if you didn't inser- it, subvert it in, in terms of importance. But I've had social justice people tell me about the failed silent live skits. They've said outright it doesn't matter if it's not funny. The, it, the ideas are right. So that's why. So it's good. Check. Good.
0: No. I understand, <laughs> I, I understand all that. Here's, I'm still going to disagree with the way that this was worded. Okay. He says, ideology is fine, but you can't serve two masters. If you're an artist and you put ideology first, art is necessarily an afterthought. If An ideology, if we take the definition that it's an integrated system of beliefs about the world, it's part of you. It comes first in everything you do because it's part of who you are. It's how you view the world. That's your ideology. So, yeah, it's first. And you go off and do art in that context. The difference is when preaching the ideology gets to be more important, then it falls apart. Like you can you can take a devout christian like Michelangelo. well i don't know how devout he was but let's pick on Michelangelo because he's a well-known artist right <laughs> okay not the turtle um he went off and did art but it was in the context of a set of beliefs and so like he produced a certain kind of art but i don't think his art was like i have to convey convince people of this particular thing or have to do it like he just you know he just sculpts david and then he's done like he's not david's not supposed to Like you're not supposed to look at David and be like, "Now I'm convinced about Christianity." Like that's not that's not the goal, right? So I I I, I'm just pushing back on the wording of like
1: what you're saying is that ideology
0: doesn't get in the way unless you think you have to teach everyone your ideology. Then it gets in the way
1: unless you're proselytizing. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you're sort you're sort of saying so this is these are the glasses that you put on every day that you view the world through these this lens. And and by the way, the longer that the more time that goes by the more I'm starting to view things through that through a Christian lens. It's interesting. Like I, like even talking about personality disorders, I'm starting to think of it as possession in a way. And, and I, and I recognize that that's happening because it's coming with me everywhere. Right. But I'm not making it my goal. My goal of unsafe space is not to convert you all to Christians, just Carter. I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. actually if
0: you converted me to christianity i think it it would be such a monumental task that the other atheists would, a lot of them would come along they
1: would just come along
0: because <laughs> you would have to be so convincing that they would also be convinced to be like wow whatever carrie just did by
1: the way just... i don't have to do it i can't do anything it would have to be god i know uh-huh. <laughs> but no i i hear what you're saying that's not our goal we're not proselytizing Um, I'm not, anyway, I'm not proselytizing my Christian beliefs. That's not the goal with the show. It comes through. I can, I necessarily can't help but talk about it sometimes. And, and that's happened more increasingly. Uh, I'm doing it more often, but you know, you guys tolerate it and that's great. And, and, and you talk about your atheist beliefs that comes through, but the goal of the show is not for you to turn people into atheists. Um,
2: anyway, (laughs) <laughs> Greg, but,
0: the, Greg the baritone recommends that if you burn Carter at the stake, maybe he'll repent in his final moment. You know what? That's a technique that's been used in the past, so she could throw it in her her quiver there as a possible arrow if it comes to that. Um, I probably would die cursing Carrie, but <laughs> you never, you never know. Um, Carter, if you
1: can't handle me at my worst,
0: I don't want you to go to hell and burn forever. So I'm going to burn you now. Here now. <laughs> I'm just to get know, it out of the way
1: you know what i heard about my preacher gave this sermon i have to read more about this because i don't know anything about it but the anabaptists so when they when they basically the started so they basically said that baptism they looked at the bible and said okay baptism is something that happens in the bible with adults adults choose to get baptized and right. so we're going to have so baptism is something we're going to start performing a second baptism if you want to get baptized now basically they were saying they were they were disagreeing with infant baptisms, which had been happening happening in the Catholic Church, I guess. And so, and so it became this sort of you could get baptized a Makes a, a lot of sense time. to
0: me, actually. Like, shouldn't you choose consciously? But you know, you're hey.
1: choosing consciously, right? Yeah. So, I I really need to read more about this. I'm terribly ignorant. I'm just basing it on one sermon that I heard him give that was very interesting. And you guys can find him at Church on the Square. But but so the the state, the government, didn't like this because. <laughs> uh i think your vote your your participation in society was dependent upon when you were baptized and so there there was some reason that the state didn't like this idea of being baptized as an adult either and there was a lot of persecution of these anabaptists and so you know what they did you know what they were doing to them they were in some cases drowning them and they called it their third baptism killing them Uh, for because they they believed it was heretical to say that you were gonna you, that you could have a choose to have a baptism as an adult. Anyway, just an aside. I want to read yeah, more well. about that. So
0: that's an interesting admission, right? Like it's heretical that you could choose this. It's like, oh, well, that's a weird, <laughs> yeah, kind of an odd thing.
1: <laughs> or that, you, that our religion
0: mean? is about indoctrination from an early <laughs> age. It's heretical that you would choose our religion. That's know. That makes no sense.
1: Apologies (laughs) if I mangled any of that, but you guys go look that up. I'm gonna read it with me because I want to read it. I want to read about that part of history. I know nothing about it.
0: Um, All right. Okay. I think we're done on super chats. I think we could probably be done for the. It's been. It's a two-hour show today, so I kind of felt like we like. We needed to talk about more like news stuff, but we didn't, but it was great. Um, do you have any other last minute? Do you want us to laugh about some meme or something? Do you have anything else you want to share before we?
1: I think we ahead? had enough laughs today. <laughs> uh, Zato said, you kept a straight face for that character. Yes, I did. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I just appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And to the couple people, people, there was the one super chat, but I saw a couple of other people in the chat saying, that they really appreciate just having these free form conversations. And so do I, and I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And um, so coming up a couple of announcements, we have book club August 15th. We're doing, this is nonfiction this month. We're doing Michael Malice's anarchist handbook, a collection of essays, and you can find out more at unsafespace.com on the book club page. We've also got our very first problematic film club coming up on uh, the first a Sunday. It's going to be live. We're, we'll put out information about it. So just, We'll, Is we'll that put it two on the, weeks from,
0: wait, it's, uh, it's not this, it's this Sunday. It's this Sunday. It's
1: this Sunday. It's
0: this Sunday. Okay. Wow. Right. And
1: we are going to be watching the party featuring Peter Sellers, which I've never seen. So if you want to check that out before our discussion, I know that I'm going to be joined by Jared Bauer and Cameron Pasha. I'm not sure who else, maybe Carter. Um, but we'll be, you will we'll not be, adding. be
0: joined by Carter. <laughs> okay.
1: Going to by Carter. <laughs> and, uh, and then also <laughs> this week we have an episode coming out. This is, I really hope, uh, you guys take take a look at this one. We've had Linda coach, Linda Blair on the show before Linda Blair, Linda blade on the show before and Barbara Kay, Wait,
0: Linda Blair. Is the that an actress's name?
1: Yeah. in um, the, the movie about the possession with the, cross oh, really? and, uh, poltergeist okay. no not poltergeist uh
0: carrie
1: i can't think of it anyway, exorcist sorry. the exorcist. exorcist okay Okay. anyway coach linda blade and barbara Kay. we've had them each individually on the show before we got to interview them together and we talked to them about their new book unsporting and that's that interview is going to be coming out this week and i really hope everybody gets a chance to watch it because these are two very brave women who are talking about something that is is you know 10 or 15 years ago i don't think people could have imagined us being at this the point that we're at right now they're talking about the destruction of women's sports and this olympics this year we're seeing people like um what the the weightlifter laurel i'm blanking on the last name but you've got these men who are competing as women and that's gonna be i don't know like could come away with the gold is that going to change anything maybe maybe not uh, in some ways maybe never under,
0: never underestimate what the NPCs will do to uh, agree they'll go to great lengths to agree with whatever the narrative yeah. is so uh,
1: anyway that interviews coming out see. so take a look at that and then we have our retreat in August and that's all yeah. that's all right Carter
0: okay uh, I think that's all we have one more super chat we'll read before uh, let's see it looks like it's it it looks like it's Scotty from Star Trek but the name is counter zero underscore 74 says so as a recovering catholic now atheist let me explain catholic baptism membership in the catholic church begins with baptism and ends with confirmation
1: oh baptism I see. is
0: a promise to your parent your parents make oh thank
1: you i i didn't oh. i don't know how to view that i wasn't raised in the catholic church that's
0: okay i didn't know that either that makes i guess some sense so baptism isn't about you it's about your parents Your parents promising. All right. Well, I'm no uh, Christian expert, but I'm pretty sure John the Baptist baptized full grown men. Okay, Uh, let's uh, call it a day. Yeah. We'll see you all um, later this week. And don't forget to subscribe. Please go smush that subscribe button. Give it lots of hugs and kisses, whatever. Go make love to the subscribe button.
1: Peacefully pound the like button.
0: Pound it. Pound that (laughs) subscribe button. (laughs) All right. On that note. Yeah, we're going to Bye Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that (laughs) includes interviews (laughs) with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there.
2: Warning, this is an Unsafe Space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to its thinky talk. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and will be recycled as part of our sustainability program. Here's a fun fact, there is literally no downside to unreserved obedience. We are not violent. But I would like to remind you that we have nukes and F-15s. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific.